0: Hey guys, welcome. We're so glad you guys are joining us here for Journey Church Online. Today we continue our series called Hope. And we know that in this time, this pandemic, and with everything going on, hope is one of the things that so many people are searching for and, and looking for. And so we we want to uh, just kind of step into some passages today that we feel like God may speak to you. And one is a passage we've all heard, talks about our future and our hope. And so I want you to join me if we look at Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, but some passages around that. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Now many of us know that passage has been, maybe it's on, you know, on a wall. Maybe we've even said, hey, that's one of my favorite passages. But a lot of times we don't always look back to what what is the context of that Scripture. What is it talking about? And, and here's something I want us to understand is, you know, we're going through a tough time. We're going through a tough season with this pandemic, but it's not, you know, it's nothing like what these guys were going through. They were in captivity, you know, and you may feel like you're captive in your home. You may feel like you, you know, your kids are, you know, captive or whatever, but I'm just telling you, these guys were in captivity. They were slaves. They were going through a really tough uh, time in the, in the time of their nation. And so what God was telling them though, and this is what I love is in this passage, he is telling them to pray for the nation where they're being held captive at. He's telling them to be prayer warriors, if you will, to pray and to make a difference there. And too often I feel like when we're going through tough times, you know, man, we want to whine and we want to complain, and I understand that, but we're also to make a difference. And as believers, as followers of Christ, we should be making a difference. And so in Jeremiah 29:11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, he's telling these people, the Israelites, Hey, I know what's going to happen. There are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future. And a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you'll find me. But listen to this. For 70 years, they would stay in that, that predicament. We've been in this for a couple of months. But here, the nation of Israel was going to face this for 70 years. And I know that we're thinking, hey man, we don't want it to be like that. We don't. But the thing is, is man, in where, right where we're at, we need to be praying, asking God, God, how can I make a difference in this pandemic? How can I make a difference in the lives of the people around me? You know, this past week we had a news conference our governor covered a few things that you know really didn't change a whole lot for what we can do as church and so we're still having to meet you know through a digital format and meeting online and uh, we really appreciate you guys you know joining us in this way but it's just it's where we are it's the season we're in and so what I would like for us to do today is think about hey what does the future hold for us what are God's plans for us so he has God does that he has big plans for us and that's what I want us to look at God has big plans for us even in the midst of this pandemic, in the middle of everything that we're going through, God has big plans for us. He wants to use us as, as a representation, if you will, an ambassador for Christ. And so God has a plan and a purpose for your life. I hope if you're out there, you hear this, that you go, you know what, I just need to know that God has a plan for me. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know if my job is going to happen. I don't know if we're going to be able to go back to work. But God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and it's important for us to understand that. God has a purpose and a plan for our lives. He wants to make a difference in our lives. And oftentimes we go, I just wish I knew what it was. God knows what it is. But here's the thing. In Romans chapter 1 and 2, I want you to look at this passage here. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that He We'll find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship. If we really want to worship God, this is how we worship. It says, don't copy the, the, the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. The way that we think has to be different. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Man, don't we all want to know what God's good, pleasing and perfect will is? We well, have has to change the way that we think. So, What I love is there are a lot of people that it has changed the way they're thinking. Even this pandemic that we're going through, there are more people seeking and asking questions about God in this pandemic. There's people just asking questions left and right. They're wanting to know, you know, hey, is this the end of time? Hey, is this is this going to be the end of life as we know it? Hey, will there ever be a new normal? You know, why is God allowing this to happen? So there's a lot of questions being asked. There was a news article. This was the headline on a news article on a, on a national news, uh, page. It said, Coronavirus outbreaks first record Bible purchases. People are looking for hope. And that's exactly what they were doing. They're looking for hope. And so what I want you to understand is that there are a lot of people that are seeking. There are a lot of people that are asking questions. There are a lot of people that are, that are searching, searching after God. They're, they're wanting to know, Hey, God, what, you know, how, how do I get in a right relationship with you? God, how do I, Make it through this. How do I live with hope? And that's what this this message uh, series has been about. And so some are looking wholeheartedly, and this is what I love. Some are looking wholeheartedly, and they will find God. That's what the passage tells us in Jeremiah. You know, he says, you will seek me wholeheartedly. You will find me. If you seek me with your whole heart, if you seek me with everything that's in you, you will find me. And so there are people that are finding God in the middle of this pandemic. There are people that are finding, you know what? God loves me. He cares about me. There are people that are putting their faith in Christ for salvation that are, that are being saved. Their name has been written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Their, their name has been changed. Their heart has been changed. Their way of thinking has been changed. It's amazing to see what God has been doing. So God is looking. Now, if we are looking for God wholeheartedly, they will find God. So here's what I love about this. Even though we're going through this, this pandemic, this, this coronavirus, this COVID-19, I don't even know how many more names there are for it. But the thing is, as is, is we're going through this, this could be a great awakening for our nation and for our world. This could be something that could be life-changing for, in, as, for life as we know it in a, be, in a good way, in a, in a better way. You know, when we talk about an awakening, an awakening is whenever, man, people just begin to realize there is a God. There is a way to be in right relationship with God. And, men they're drawn to, to God. They literally just come, literally walking into churches, wanting to get in right standing with God. A revival is something that takes place in a church where a church needs to be resuscitated, needs to be revived, needs to be woke up and reminded of what the Great Commission is about. But an awakening is whenever people begin to search and seek after God, and they literally just come to Him by the droves. And, and, and so we could be in the middle of a great awakening in our nation and in our world, and that's, for some, that's something that we as believers ought to be praying for. It is that, that lives would be changed, that people would seek God, you know, while they can. There's a passage here, look at this, it, it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. This is in Hebrews. It says, By his death Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go into His into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him, fully trusting Him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Now, Hebrews, we don't know who really wrote Hebrews. For a long time, people thought, well, that was Paul. That was Apostle Paul that wrote that. But now, many people will say, you know, we're not sure who wrote that. But what they did write to us, and what they do tell us here... In this is, you know what? That Jesus made a way. Jesus made a way for us to enter into the very presence of God. Our relationship with God through His our uh, through His Son Jesus Christ gives us boldness. Jesus made a way for us to enter into the very presence of God, and so we can boldly enter into the presence of God. So when we worship, so when we worship, we can boldly enter in. You know, and and this is something I think that we often take for granted. There's a lot of things that have been taken for granted. And this pandemic, if you will, has reminded us that or revealed some of those things that we took for granted. Things that we just thought, hey, well, that's just, I can do that any time I want to. Now we can't do some of those things. But I love this. Jesus made a way for us to enter into the very presence of God. So when Jesus went to the cross, when he bled out his precious blood, he made a way for us to be able to go into the very holy of holies, into the very presence of a holy God. Now think back, you know, for years, the Israelites, there had to be a high priest who, he was the only one that could go in And he could only—he was the only one that could enter in. And so it was almost like this incredible privilege, but it was also a very fearful thing because they would tie a rope around his leg. He would walk in, and he would have bells on him. And if those bells stopped ringing, they'd have to drag him out if he went in with sin in his life or anything that could have caused God to strike him down. And so it was very fearful to go in, but it was very powerful, and what an incredible privilege to be able to do that. And so Jesus, whenever he died on the cross, man, the the veil going into the holy of holies was ripped from top to bottom making the way for you and for me to be able to walk in and be able to enter in to the very presence of a holy god that's how much god loves you and loves me that he wanted to meet with us personally he wanted to have a personal relationship with us. so god so jesus made that way we can have a private personal meeting with god each day and i know you know we can't gather together as a church like we would like we can't do what we've always done but man we can have we can establish our own personal relationship with christ and we can meet with God in that relationship. We can have that personal meeting with God each day of the week. And it can be anywhere. You know, you, there in your home. It can be on your front porch, back porch. It can be anywhere. But if you'll just enter into that place and just say, God, I want to I meet with you. You know, God looks forward to meeting with us every day. That's how much He loves us. I think about, you know, friends or maybe even our kids. Maybe you look forward to, to spending time with them. You know, maybe during the pandemic, maybe you're say, "Hey, listen, I've I've had my feel. I'm ready for them to go back to school. I don't know, but I'm just saying. You know, we look we, when we haven't been around people for a while that we love and we care about. Man, we want to we want to spend time with them. We want to just sit down and talk. Well, God loves you enough; He wants to sit down and have a conversation with you, a, a private personal meeting with you each day. How awesome is that? So many of us have taken some things for granted. And here's 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 one that I think we've all taken for granted. We've taken for granted being able to gather for church. Many of us are taking for granted being able to gather for church. You know, it it would be great to be able to have everybody in the room be able to worship together. You know, and, and just literally, I believe that there's an experience that... You just can't experience it anywhere else. I can, I can worship in a tree stand. I can worship on a bow of a boat. I can worship on my back porch. I can worship on the front porch. I can worship in my home like many of you guys did today. But there's something special about being together with the body of Christ. Corporate gatherings, corporate worship is a powerful thing. And I'm not trying to, you know, entice you guys or taunt you. I'm just saying, I think many of us took that for granted. Many of us have taken things for granted that you know, hey, that's, that's something that I can go, you know, a lot of times we just kind of roll over, you know, it's, it's raining. I'm not going today. You know, I, I said this back when the pandemic kind of got started. About two weeks into it, everybody wanted to go to church. Four weeks before it happened, a lot of people couldn't get them to go to church. But the thing is, is they begin to say, you know what? Hey, maybe, maybe we need to be seeking God in this. And I would say that we do. But many of us have taken for granted being able to gather for the, for church and being able to be together. So I hope, I pray, that as many people that have said that that whenever the church can meet again, they're going, I hope they'll go. And I hope they gather, and I hope they worship like they've never worshipped before. You know, there's been some funny memes out there, and there's lots of those going on during this. Some people have too much time on their hands. But I love seeing some of these funny ones, man, where people get excited about being back in the church. I hope that you will be. Being able to gather together as the church in these buildings. They're just buildings, but being able to gather as the church. And then here's another one. You can establish your own personal relationship With Christ right now by faith alone let me just say this we can we can meet with God you know in a private time together but this is what I love we can we can literally put our faith in Christ and maybe you're there today you you go you know you know man I, I realize what Christ did on the cross I realize that he provided the way for us to be able to have a relationship with God for me to be able to go into literally the holy of holies the very presence of God But you can establish that. But here's the thing, it's only by faith that we're saved. It's not by works. It's not by coming to church. You can't even come to church. Can you come to the building, I should say. But the thing is, is by faith, right where you're at right now, if you put your faith in what Christ did, you put your faith in what Jesus did on the cross, you put your faith in what Jesus did through the power of the resurrection, where He defeated death, He defeated the grave, and He defeated hell, you putting your faith in what Christ has done, not anything that you have done, but in what He has done, he says, you know what? You can be his, you can be his part of his family. God says, come be, a, be one of my children. Not just a creation of God that is spoken into existence in the mother's womb, that is knit together in the mother's womb. That's a creation of God, but you get to become a, a part of the family of God. You become a child of God by faith in Christ and Christ alone. And, and so there's a lot of positive things that we see, you know, whenever we look back and we take the time to do inventory. We realize, you know, hey, there's things we took for granted, things I wish we'd have done different. But I've I've got a few hopes. You know, we're talking about hope. And I want to share with you some of my hopes for families and some of you out there. My hope for the families, I I hope that we don't get back to lives that are way too busy. I hope we don't get back to running the rat race. I hope we don't get back to just literally eating on the run, man, and trying to make this practice and that practice and trying to make sure that my kids are in this and in that, if that's not really the best thing for your family, you got to make those decisions. I can remember years ago, my, my boys, I, I've got three boys, and all of them were athletic. And you know, and I, and I told them one year, I said, hey, listen, I've got three of you, and not all three of you are going to get to play every sport. And some of y'all probably think I'm the worst parent in the world because of that. But I told them, I said, I want you to pick two. And you got to do what's best for our family, not just for you. And so they, they could have played all three sports, but the thing is, I asked them to pick, hey, what two would you, would you go with? And it, and here's the thing, it took a lot of pressure and stress and strain off of our family because we feel like our family is more important than sports. And I know, like I said, you know, some of you guys have missed the sports. I've missed them. Everybody watched the NFL draft. They shouted and cheered like it was a football game, probably. But the thing is, is, you know what? They are not our guide. Sports are not our guide. And so I hope that families don't get back to lives that are way too busy. I also hope, that you know, we don't rush back to what wasn't healthy for our families. There's a lot of people that say, "Hey, man, I'm ready to get back to normal." Well, normal may not have been good. Normal may not have been even been healthy. You know, and so I think it's important for us to understand, God. You know, I don't want to rush back to what wasn't healthy. I w- I want to rush back, maybe, to something new, maybe the new normal, maybe a healthy normal, uh, maybe maybe something that is better for my family than what we were doing. Because some of you guys could look back and say, "Hey, you know what? It wasn't working." And if it wasn't working then, don't think going back to it now it's going to work this time either. You know, one of the cool things about Easter, this year Easter was different. And uh, most of us, you know, we had to watch it online. Easter was different. But I've heard a lot of people say for many, the focus this year was really on Easter. It It was on the crucifixion. It was on the power of the resurrection. It was on Christ and Christ alone. And it wasn't about the meals. It wasn't about... You know, making, you know, making it to the family events because we couldn't do a lot of traveling. It wasn't about the clothes, but it was about Easter. Amen. I pray that, you know, maybe it was different this year, but maybe it was different in a good way that it pointed us to what, what Easter is really about. And then here's another I hope we will continue to sit down for meals and, and have conversations, engaging conversations. I hope we'll continue to do that. Many of you guys are doing that. You're, you may be going by and picking it up, bringing it home, sitting down and eating it because you can't eat in a restaurant. But I'm hoping that you're sitting down and you're engaging in conversation. And I know right now there's a lot of digital stuff taking place and a lot of people online. But don't let that take over either. You know, maybe you sit down, you turn the TVs off, and you, you literally have a meal together. And you engage in conversation. You encourage one another. And you love on one another. And then another one here. I hope we will continue to, to take uh, walks with our spouse and children. I don't know if you've been doing that or if you can do that. But, man, that's been a powerful thing for us is just be able to take a walk with my wife and, you know, just spend some time talking and walking together. And, and so I would encourage you, you know, take that time to to spend with your wife and with your children. You know, go do, a, do some hiking. Just get in the outdoors. Thank God we live in a country, you know, or I should say a state, that has allowed us to enjoy the outdoors during this pandemic. And so take the time, you know, and I, I hope, like I said, I hope that families will continue to take walks with our spouse and with our children. Here's the other thing. I hope hope parents will continue to teach their children. I hope they'll continue to teach their children. We've got an incredible website you know, that uh, our pastor Nate has put together, our children's pastor, uh, journeyfamilies.com. And if you haven't been to that, I I would encourage you to go there. If you have children, you need to go there and check that out. Uh, Because I I, I really hope that you'll you'll go there and you'll begin to teach your children. Because there's a couple things I hope that the parents will continue to teach their children. That's God's Word. I hope that we'll continue to teach them God's word. You're taking an opportunity to teach them during the season. You're not just letting them be entertained by the TV, but you're taking the time to teach, maybe how to be creative. You know, uh, maybe I've seen a lot of people playing board games and you know doing some different things and and doing some challenges and stuff like that. And maybe how to plant flowers. There's more there's been more flowers planted in the last month and more yards worked on than probably in the last 10 years. You know, uh, Home Depot and Lowe's, man, they are they're going to have profit margins like you wouldn't believe because everybody is doing some kind of fix it up. And then here's the last one I would say. I hope we seek God for a new normal for us. I hope we don't just plan one. But I hope we really seek God. We say, God, what are, what are your plans? What do you want us to do? God, what is it that you desire of us? And I want us to kind of keep moving through, through this passage in Hebrews here. And I want you to look at the next passage here in Hebrews 23. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love love and good works and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near this passage right here this statement right here let me just say this for many of you it may even strike a nerve it may even bother you a little bit that you you read that and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do I feel like like I said for many of us we have neglected that in the past maybe maybe it's been something where we neglected getting together we weren't we weren't faithful to the church. We weren't faithful to serve. We weren't faithful to, to be a part of a life group. But I would, I would just challenge you. You know, it's a great reminder there not to take it for granted. But it says, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You know, this was written almost 2,000 years ago. And, but here, here's what I would say. You know, we don't know when Christ is going to step out on a cloud. I know a lot of people have, have talked about, hey, are we, are we near the end? You know, is this end times? Nobody knows. The, whenever they asked Jesus, Jesus said, That's not for me to know. That is for the Father to decide. And so I know a lot of people spend all their their waking hours, it seems, trying to figure out when will be the end of time. And I haven't seen anybody nail it down yet. There's been so many false prophecies and so many false things that are put out there, scaring people to death. That's not God. God wants wants you to walk and live in peace. But He wants you to be faithful and obedient. He wants you to live maybe in trials and tribulations. You might think, "Well, how, how would a loving God want to do it? Because those trials and tribulations make us better. They grow us. I learn more from the trials I go through and the, and the challenges I go through than the easy times I go through. And I don't know about you, but I mean, I want to learn through this. God, what are you teaching me? What are you showing me? And, and, and so this passage here, you know is, is a great reminder. Let's, let's not take it for granted that we can gather. And let's be intentional about I mean, holding tight to what we believe. This is a great time not to whine and complain about what we can't do, but to share with others what God can do in their lives. And I just—I would just do a challenge to some of our Christian followers out there and some of you guys who are church members here. Man, don't use your time on social media to rant and to rave about things that maybe aren't going your way. Use it as a time to share hope, to encourage. Read it again. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. So instead of ranting about things and fussing about things and complaining about things what if you were to just kind of catch those words and say God will you take those from my mouth God give me words that speak life give me words that speak hope give me words that will encourage those around me that maybe are looking for hope in this season and so I think it's important that we do this and here's the last thing at times like this we're to hold tighter than ever to what we what we believe hold tighter than ever to what we have and so Instead of complaining about what we can't do, maybe we focus on what we can do. Some of those things I listed earlier that I hope we don't get away from. But maybe if we were to take the time to just say, God, thank you for what we can do. God, thank you that I live in a, in a home that is, that is dry, that is, that is warm. I can remember one night laying in bed, listening to it just pour rain. It's like, God, thank you that we live in a, we have a home that is dry, that is warm. You know, I'm not on the street. God, thank you that we have a pantry that's got food in it. God, think that we've got, you know, a, a bed to sleep in. And so we begin to take those things and we focus on those things that are positive. So at times like this, we're to hold hold tighter than ever to what to the hope that we have. And so that hope is not in stuff. Our hope is in Christ. Our hope is Christ. You know, it's, it's not in what Christ can do for me. But our hope is in Christ and Christ alone. Our hope is not in anything. It's not in anything but Christ alone. You know, And so I hope that for you, as you have moved through this season and you're continuing to move through it, and we don't know exactly what... The end of it will be, I know there's different states that are doing different things. There's different places that are doing different things. But we really don't know when we will get back to a certain um, way of doing life. But I would say this. One thing that we can know is that Christ is hope. You know, we talked about this on Easter Sunday that the power of the resurrection, man, it's what empowers hope. It's what, it, what, it's what gives us hope whenever there seems to be nothing to look forward for, forward to. We can know, you know what, Christ has conquered death, he's conquered the grave, he's conquered hell. There is power in the resurrection for you and for me to live through a pandemic and to be a light in a dark world and to make a difference in the lives of the people around us. And so, as we go through times like this, we have to realize, you know what, Jesus is the only way. So, there's a great passage in Psalms 33:22. look at this here. It says, let your unfailing love surround us, God. Let your love surround us. Lord, for our hope is in you alone. God, our, our hope is in you. It is in your Son, Jesus Christ, who went to the cross. It is not in the government. It is not in bailouts. It is not in financial stimulus checks. That's not our hope. Those things may come in handy. They may help us, but that is not our hope. And I, and I hope that for you, you realize, you know what? It is Christ and Christ alone. There, there's a great passage here in John where we see that Jesus is talking to His disciples. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. There are some of you out there that your hearts are troubled. Jesus is talking to the disciples here. Hey, don't, don't let your hearts be, troub- be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in Me. He said, man, I am about the Father's business. There is more than enough room in My Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with Me, where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. Now listen to this. This is one of the guys that'd been around. This is Thomas. He says, No, we don't know, Lord. Thomas said, We have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus told him, He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so we see that Jesus made it clear even to his disciples, Hey, listen, guys, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And, and if we're trying any other way, if we're trying to make it through life, if we're trying to get into heaven any other way than what Jesus told us, we're, we're choosing false teachings. We're choosing, we're choosing destruction. We're choosing death. Jesus is the only one that has conquered the grave, death, and hell. And so He offers to you and He offers to me the opportunity, the right. The, 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 it's not a right, the, the, the privilege, the choice being able to receive Him as Lord. And here's the thing, it's not just, hey, I want to be saved so I miss hell, but it's being saved so that I can live for Him and so that I can love people and I can lead them to the God who loves them. And so it's our our responsibility to be that ambassador for Christ, to live out our faith in such a way that others come to know Him. Right where you're at, maybe you want to ask Christ to come into your life and you want to be saved. And I'm just telling you, there's only one way. And I know that sounds exclusive, and it is. It's the most exclusive statement in history. But Jesus made it, and here's the thing. He can back it up. And so I just want to encourage you right where you're at. Maybe you want to bow your head. Maybe you want to close your eyes. It's up to you. Maybe you just want to get on your knees in a, in a in a form of submission. and Say, Jesus, I want to ask you, if you will, to forgive me. Jesus, will you come into my life? Will you be my leader? Will you be my Lord? Will you be my Savior? And, so, and I can just tell you, His answer is yes. He, he nailed that to the cross 2,000 years ago when He died there for you. He bled out His precious blood to cover your sins, just like the passage read earlier, to cover you and to wash you white as snow. And here's the thing is, He will take you and He will lead you to become all that God wants you to be. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. And so right where you're at, to say, Jesus, will you come into my life? Will you forgive me? His answer is yes. Jesus, will you change me? His answer is yes. And Jesus, I surrender. I give you my life i give you everything and then here's the thing do what the just said today hold tightly to that hope and our hope is in christ let's pray father i thank you for meeting with us today god i thank you for being able to gather in homes i thank you for those who maybe just prayed that prayer to receive jesus christ as their lord and savior father they surrendered their heart to him they surrendered their life to him and so, God, I just pray that you'd bless them. I pray there would be others around them. And if they don't have anybody around God, they would let us know so that we can walk with them on this journey. Father, we can celebrate the waters of baptism in just a few weeks. God, we look forward to what you're going to do in their life. So, God, I just pray for all those all over the world, wherever they are watching this, God, that if they have put their faith in Christ, God, that they would let us know so that we can walk with them, we can encourage them, and we can even help help them on that journey. So, God, thank you for meeting with us today. Thank you for inhabiting the praise of your people. And God, thank you for walking with us through this pandemic. Help us to be a good witness moving forward. In Jesus' name we pray.
1: Amen. Thank you, Pastor Mike, for that message full of vision. And congratulations to all of you that just made that life-changing decision. This is the greatest decision you have ever made. And we want to help you with your next steps. If you will text the phrase, my decision, to the number on your screen, we would love to help you as you began this journey with Christ. Again, we're so excited to see all that God does in and through you. And if you have kids, I want to encourage you to hang around after the conclusion of our service. Pastor Nate and our family team have been working hard all week to provide a service just for them. And we're going to air it right here. I can promise it's something they will not want to miss. But before our kids service begins, we're going to bring our tithes and offerings to God. I want to encourage you to put God first in this area of your life. And we do that through our giving. Now we've made this super simple. You should see a link on the screen and in the comment section to the Journey Giving page. There you can return your tithes and offerings. If you need help learning to give online, we have several videos on our YouTube channel. Your giving allows us to continue to make an increasing impact for the gospel. And so take that step right now and allow God to bless your obedience. Now would you join me in prayer? Lord, we love you. Thank you again for all that you've done today. God, I thank you for everyone that's just made that life-changing decision to trust you as Lord and Savior. And God, I thank you for the people, for the family of Journey that have been faithful in their giving and for the impact that we've been able to have because of it. So God, I pray you would take what's given right now, today and throughout this week to continue to push the gospel forward. We love you. We thank you. We praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, if you have kids, again, hang around. We don't want them to miss our kids' service. If not, we will see you right back here next week.